You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. So today is uh, um, Tuesday, the uh, 18th, and uh, it is the actual, it's the day of the memorial that's kind of going on <clears throat> with the Denver Broncos for Pat Bolin, who recently passed away. Um, and, you know, kind of just an extension of what we've been talking about since he passed on and, and things like that. Very interesting to look at and, and kind of cool to see uh, just how many people have already showed up. I mean, when we're recording today, it's actually kind of a, it's, it's an early afternoon for for us, and um, people are showing up, um, paying their respects, and the things that the Broncos have put out uh, for for the fans to look at and for the fans to sort of you know take in or have some of the pictures and everything have been phenomenal. Um, but just kind of uh, what what are some of the things that that stand out to you, Ian, in, in all of the, the Pat Bowen Memorial stuff that's going on right now? Well, the first is how quickly the Broncos were able to put together this Pat Bowen Museum on the club level of Broncos Stadium at Mile High. I mean, to put that to put all the stuff that they have together and put that in a museum-esque walk through through the the club level on the west side of the stadium is pretty remarkable the other thing that comes out is the photos the there is a photo that the broncos captured of of peyton manning and john elway and then the emotional photos of steve antonopoulos who is going to present mr b at the hall of fame induction in august hugging one of mr boland's daughters and you can just see the emotion on Greek's face. It was a powerful photo. And then you get to all of the relics and the memorabilia that the Broncos have of Pat Bull. And obviously there's the fur coat. There's his boots and sunglasses. There's all of his game balls. There's his Super Bowl and AFC Championship rings. I thought the coolest thing that they had was the desk that Mr. B had at the Broncos facility. Yeah, I liked that. The uh the note on it. Did did you see the the note the three um like it was like a to-do list. They had the three things on his to-do list and uh be number 1 at everything. That's right. Beat the Raiders. That's right. Win Super Win Bowls. Win Super Bowls. I love that. I mean that is if that's not a team mantra, I don't know what is. Be number 1 at everything. Beat the Raiders win Super Bowls. And in his tenure as the uh, the owner of the Denver Broncos, that's what they did. They were finally able to turn the tide on the Raiders, thanks in part to the Orange Crush getting it done in 1977 and 78. And then, of course, Mike Shanahan coming in and instilling even more of that you beat the bejesus out of the Raiders when you get the chance. And I, I think that second item on his to-do list, and we've touched on this on previous podcasts, how it bothers both of us when people say the Raiders aren't a rival anymore. That 
in and of itself proves the Raiders are a rival, always will be a rival, and are the rival. I do not care how good the Chiefs get. They can win however many divisions in a row they want to win. The rival of the Broncos is the Raiders. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's laid out right there in that little three three num three three piece to do list there. It's the number two on the list. So uh, Yeah, it doesn't say beat the Chiefs. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't say beat anybody else. The and, and it's interesting we've done I did a I did a would you rather article because we did some would you rather's uh and, and we we'll jump into some of those maybe a little later, but uh uh you know the the Chiefs or the Raiders, which we talked about on the the last podcast or the, the one before Pat Pat Bowen passed away. Um would you rather the Chiefs or the Raiders go to the Super Bowl? And somebody commented on the article, uh or maybe it was a tweet and I don't remember. Um they could go two and fourteen as long as those two wins are against the Raiders, so I would rather the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, which I thought was an interesting take on it, because obviously we disagree on that. I would rather the Chiefs never go to the Super Bowl, as you have said as well, because then they never win the Lamar Hunt Trophy, uh, which is named after the owner of the Chiefs. But that is that is the vitriol that you that we should feel as fans of the Denver Broncos toward the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders or wherever the heck the Raiders are playing now or will play or have played, it doesn't matter. The Raiders are the Raiders, and the hatred for them is such that if the Broncos are only going to win two games in a season, as apparently Adam Rank believes that they are only going to do this year, a uh, little, little shout-out to Adam Rank. Um, what a Rank take. It was pretty awful, as, especially after, and I tweeted this out, after he had just been on first and ten with Mace and, and Ryan and Steve, and said that he liked what the Denver Broncos had done in the offseason. I, I, I don't understand, but it's he's just there to make noise and, f and fill up space, uh, and he does those well. His football takes are just crap. But as he as he said, they're going to go 2-14, and 14, and if they're going to go 2-14, and 14, there are two games they have to win, and we've said this before as well, and that's against the Raiders, period. To continue this tribute to Pat Bolin, I think they need to change the name of the Lamar Hunt Trophy to the Pat Bolin Trophy. Because how can you name it after an owner whose team has never won it? That's just ironic. I'm actually going to go the other way with that. I think they should continue to leave it the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Because it's the ultimate troll job for us, right? We, we're allowed to continually bring that up uh, whenever we argue with Chiefs fans about which franchise is better. Obviously, it's the Broncos. But also, I feel like it's a, it's a subtle reminder, right? Every, every time they talk about the Lamar Hunt trophy, every fan of the Kansas City Chiefs has to know and already knows that they've never won that trophy. And it stings a little, right? It stings a little. And I, I kind of like that. And I think I think my estimation of it is that Pat Bolin probably would have enjoyed that a little bit as competitive as he was as well. I, I agree. He's earned it. Pat Bolin as an owner is the one who probably should have that trophy named after him. That being said, I, I love the, the ability to say, oh, you've never won your own trophy. That's funny. I'll give you that. I appreciate it. Hey, I got one. <laughs> There's a, a quote, 
because for those listening to the podcast, John Elway and Joe Ellis met the media on Monday. On Tuesday, they had the the tribute at Bronco Stadium at Mile High. This quote really stuck out to me from John Elway. On his favorite football memory with Pat Bolin. I think it was giving him a hug after we won that first Lombardi trophy. I think that he had been through those three Super Bowl losses, and I know how much those three losses hurt. I think it hurt him as much as it hurt us as players. So to finally be able to win that one against Green Bay, I think was a very special time to kind of say that we got there. I can remember the hug with him in the locker room, and I think we were the last ones out of the locker room too. That was the most special time because with him raising the trophy saying, this one's for John, it was almost overwhelming because it was a surprise to me. I just, I know just how much everybody on that football team, how hard it was. I don't have the words, the adjective to explain my feeling when he did that. And I I, I do think those four words came to two epitomize Pat Bolin, that it was never about him. It was always about others. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And um, I think this right here might be the opportunity to kind of talk about something that's kind of stuck in your craw and my craw, if you will, uh, about some of the things that were also said at that particular press conference uh, by Joe Ellis when they talked about the naming rights for the stadium. Um, and they talked about, we're not, you know, we're not going to name the field after Pat Bolin or whatever. And you've said the name of the stadium a couple times, Broncos stadium at mile high. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that Joe Ellis said about that was he wouldn't want it. Well, he wouldn't want any of this, right? None, none of this memorial stuff, none of the, none of the, the accolades. He wouldn't want us to be talking about any of his stuff, Right, the Pat commemorative Bowen. sticker that's going to go on the exactly. helmet. Exactly, those potentially kinds of the Mr. B patch. It's going to yeah. say Mr. B, the sticker on the helmet, and then potentially the the commemorative patch that they'll wear throughout the year. Right, he wouldn't and have wanted any of it. None of say. it. He would want none of this. And so, you know, to to me, and and sort of to my point, I always think it's funny when people say that about people who've passed away because whether they wanted it or not is sort of silly. You don't do things for people who have passed away for them because they're no longer with us, uh, at least not in that sense. And so no no matter what your beliefs are, you know that that person is really gone. Uh, And so it's not about who, you know, being for the person. You don't name the stadium after Pat Bolin for Pat Bolin. You do it for the fans who have sort of cried out for it a little bit and said, this is what we want. And, And I actually think there's a way to do it and still get... Um, and still get those naming rights, right? Get that money from the naming rights. And and the way that you do it is this: you said it. It's Broncos Stadium at Mile High. So why not Pat Bolin Field at Coors Stadium? I use Coors even though it's Coors Field across the street. Pat Bolin Field at Coors Stadium at Mile High. It's a long name, but you get you get Mr. B honored in a way that he really should be honored you still get the naming rights for the stadium and you still get to keep mile high i I mean that's the perfect sandwich i believe i've created the perfect sandwich there well the perfect sandwich would be a company buys the naming rights and just has it pat bowling field at mile high stadium which company would do that (laughs) one that knows that if you do that People are going to want to go to your company if you're a Broncos fan. 
if you want to have Broncos fans support your company, that's how you do it. Because everyone's going to ask, well, who's who's the company that's sponsored to do that? Yeah. Who's 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 who signed up for that? I'd like to go over to to their store and buy their things. So who whoever does that, you can give you can give the whatever capital you can give us a portion of your proceeds. Yeah, small percentage. Yeah, small percentage. A percentage of a percentage. You know, I'm sure it would be. I'll go with five percent. Ooh, five percent. I will. I will also take five percent. So that's just ten percent. Actually, I'm going to plop this out there and expect it to perform. There it is. Seven percent. Oh, I think that's the right number. Seven percent. Um, or I would take 84%, Shannon Sharp, or 30%, Terrell Davis. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of numbers. 80%, Mark Jackson. Come on. One Rod of the, Smith. Rod, or Rod Smith. I was thinking tr- three amigos there. I was trying to figure out a way to work in Ricky Nateel and Vance Johnson as well. Um, I, you say, you know, you say Vance nowadays and you start to get a little nervous. And then when you sit when you end up with Johnson, it's okay. Vance Johnson, okay. Vance Joseph, not okay. Well, if you, you can go with the Vance Ja, you still don't know which one it's going to be. I mean, it takes it takes a moment. People get a little nervous. Where's he going? Uh, not not over there. We'll stick with Vance Johnson, one of the three amigos. And that's to get back to it. I, I see a lot in the media and some fans saying that it should be Pat Bowen Stadium. No, it should not be Pat Bowen Stadium. There, I mean, I can think of only one team in the NFL that's named their stadium after the owner, and that's the Bengals after Paul Brown. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if the Broncos did that, but it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. So the happy medium is the field, and that's what I think most people have wanted. Call it Pat Bullen Field at Mile High Stadium. And then whoever buys the naming rights – it's Pat Bowen Field at Whosever Stadium. But it's about the tribute to Pat Bowen. It's about recognizing how influential he was for the organization. And the best way to do that is by the field. Pat Bowen Field, from henceforth, it is called Pat Bowen Field at whatever stadium. And then you can drop mile high on top of it because you know you don't want to lose that. I think that's fine. I think you've done. I think you've done a nice job there. I think we figured it out. I'm proud of us. I, you know, in the words of Ron Swanson, I'm I'm really proud of you. So there's oh, a Ron Swanson reference. That's always fun. Now I'm thinking about bacon. Mm, yeah, all the bacon. And I think the the best way to wrap up the tribute of Pat Bowen is a shout out to Broncos country. Over 3,000 of you who flocked to Mile High Stadium to pay your respects to the family who was at the stadium and to to Mr. B himself. I mean, over 3,000 people over the course of five hours between 10 to 3 on Tuesday on a work day is damn impressive. And I, I am proud of all the fellow Broncos fans for that showing and what they were able to to represent to show how how special Broncos country really is. Yeah, you know it's um, 
it's kind of cool. I, I one of the things I love about sports, you take all the money out of it, you you, you move away from some of the some of the you know the craziness that sports brings you. But one of the things it does do is it creates a community, uh, and communities can rally around their sports teams. And it gives everybody something that they have in common. So we can disagree on a lot of different things. Uh, and if you um, ever venture into the comments section in Mile High Report, sometimes it gets a little it gets a little wonky. And some of the, some of those areas, based on people's different you know ideas and and beliefs and backgrounds and things like that. But the one thing we can all come back to is that love of our favorite team, right? That love of the the team that is representing our community or our group of people. And, and in this case, it is, you know, the Denver Broncos representing Broncos country. Uh, and we can come together on that. And, and I think you're right, Ian, on a work day, middle of the week, when people have things to be doing, 3,000 members of Broncos country showed up and and say goodbye. You know, they paid their respects. And they, and they did it for those people, I think, as well, who couldn't be there. Like, I couldn't be there. That would have been a plane ride. I couldn't have made it. So um, that's something that I really I really think is cool about sports in general. And, and what, what happened in Denver is is a pretty big, significant part of that. So, so a huge mile-high salute to all those fans who were able to to make it to Broncos country and represent those of us who – weren't able to make it happen. I just did a I just did a salute for those of you who are uh, listening on the podcast and not watching at home, so you couldn't see it. Nobody's watching at home. It's just just recording audio. But I did salute. I've done it several times. Every time I say salute, I keep saluting. It's crazy. At least I didn't left hand salute like Elway. Did you ever notice that? Can I can I a little tangent here? We haven't tangented too much in a while. Um, John Elway used to do the mile high salute with his left hand. Did you ever notice that? I think he was just protecting his throwing hand well you i think he usually had the ball in his right hand and so he would salute with his it just always looked less he wasn't as good at it let's just say he he didn't have the ed mccaffrey terrell davis standard attention salute it was more of the running off the field with his big smile kind of left-handed throw the hand in the air salute it was sort of sort of goofy looking i just thought that was funny the way he used to salute the old man always used to point that out so he'll get a kick out of that one all right, let's have some fun here. Let's take it back a little bit. Uh, we did some uh, Would You Rathers a, a couple weeks ago now, and they were fun and enjoyable. Some people liked them. Some people didn't. Some people didn't want to play. There's always that option. If you don't want to play, don't play. You don't have to worry about it. But um, you gave me a couple to talk about today, and I'll bring up the first one here, uh, and it's an old school one. Would you rather the Denver Broncos win Super Bowl twelve? against the Dallas Cowboys, that's the Orange Crush team in 1977, or Super Bowl 21 against the Giants. That's the game where Phil Simms uh, apparently, I don't know what you would say, was struck by some sort of per- perfection stick or something, and uh, and the Broncos couldn't beat the Giants in that Super Bowl. 1986 was the season. I'm going to go with the Orange Crush winning that Super Bowl in New Orleans against the Cowboys because I think that sets up all those players who are fighting to get into the Hall of Fame. It puts them in the Hall of Fame. So that's that's why I would pick that team to win the Super Bowl 
it, it, it just it, it sets up Randy Gratishar to get into the Hall of Fame, Louis Wright, Tom Jackson, Rich Jackson, Lyle Alzado, Billy Thompson. It, it, it sets them all up to get their rightful place into the Hall of Fame because there wouldn't be an excuse at that point. I mean, that's why there's so many freaking Kansas City Chiefs from the 60s in the Hall of Fame. It's because they won one freaking Super Bowl. Yes, and I did. still I still don't understand why there's so many Vikings in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's I mean that's a whole other conversation. But that's that's a different tangent. I'm gonna. I mean, what 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 I always joke of is the chief the Chiefs and the Vikings are identical twins, just in different conferences. Right. I love that. But that, yeah. But that's a that's a different tangent. So that I would go with the Orange Crush beating Roger Staubach and the Dallas Cowboys in Super Bowl twelve. I think I'm going to disagree just to play devil's advocate a little bit, and I, I think. In all honesty, if I think about it, you know, and I take it fully on, I'm gonna, I would agree with you. But devil's advocate here a little bit: if the Broncos are able to win that Super Bowl with John Elway at the helm, uh, it's his first trip to the Super Bowl. It changes the trajectory of his career in a way that I think uh, they, I think they probably repeat against the Redskins the next year because they did go to back-to-back Super Bowls, which. Um, I, I think gives them, you know, that that back to back is is always a, a big deal because it's difficult to win two in a row. Winning one is hard. Winning that second one in a back to back is is nearly impossible, which is why you don't see it very often. I believe there's only seven teams to have done it. Exactly. The most recent being the Patriots in the early 2000s. Yeah, we didn't have to talk about that, but okay, um, <laughs> fine, fine. Bring that up. Um, the in fact, weren't the the Denver Broncos were the first team, the 97 98 team. The first team to have done it since I can't remember. It was like it was it. Um, it had been a long time. I think it was the Steelers. Was it the Steelers or was it the Forty ers Did the Forty ers ever do it? I don't remember if the Niners went. Yeah, the Niners went back to back because they beat the Bengals. Was it they beat the Bengals then they beat the Broncos or am I do I have those reversed as well? I don't know. We'll get our historians on that and they'll figure it out. But the the point I want to make here is about how that would have impacted John Elway's career and probably impacted the Denver Broncos themselves. So just as a, as an entire franchise, I do think they go end up going back to back uh, because they did go back to the Super Bowl the next year. I think that um, that sets him up to be not just talked about as one of the greatest. Cause I, you know, for us, John Elway is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL um, until you start to talk about maybe Peyton Manning and you could throw in Tom Brady. And obviously you got Joe Montana, but winning those early Super Bowls would have made would have given him that that a slight a slightly bigger edge right in that conversation so I think that that to me if you want to try and figure out a way to make John Elway's career better than it already was he wins that Super Bowl it changes the trajectory of his career maybe you get fewer years with him because he retires sooner because he's not chasing that Super Bowl but maybe he gets two or three more Super Bowls after that um just because that's how good the team is and people want to come and play in Denver. Just just a little devil's advocate there. Another another rabbit hole. How come when, when quarterbacks are listed off for the greatest of all time, Johnny Unitas isn't included? Wow, that's a good question. That'll make my dad happy. The old man will like that. Uh, he he should be included, and I apologize. In fact, that's a, that is a huge mistake on my part that I did not bring him up. Um, Here's why, and now I'll give you why. Because we live in an era of offense, and in that era of offense, you have guys like Drew Brees and 
and and Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady and guys that are just putting up ungodly numbers, right? Ridiculous offensive numbers. And, and I believe that that's partly because of the rule changes in the NFL. And so you, you kind of forget about that. But what it really means is that you should talk about Johnny Unitas more because he did it in an era when the rules were set up so that the defense could be more. I mean, he did it in an era where you were allowed to essentially mug the receiver until the ball was in the air. And I'm not joking. You could, you could, you could tackle the receiver at the line of scrimmage if, if he'd let you. Could, wouldn't, couldn't even get off the line. And that was okay. You just couldn't have, have your hands on him when the ball was in the air. That is a, a big difference from today's NFL. Well, and if you if you want to say that we're in an era of offense, the reason we're in this era of offense is because of Johnny Unitas. Sure. He and the Baltimore Colts revolutionized the forward pass. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to go back and do like, you know, you do the evolution of the forward pass and you go to Otto Graham and you can go to some of those things. But what Johnny Unitas did, I think, was even deeper than that. He revolutionized the way that offenses read defenses. Um, Peyton Manning paid wanted to pay tribute to uh, to Johnny Unitas when he passed away. I'll never forget this by wearing uh, you know different colored cleats, right? He wanted to wear the same uh, black was it black cleats that Johnny black Un- high top yeah cleats. that's right. And the the league wouldn't let him, and so Joe Fl- I remember Joe Flacco did it and paid the fine. Peyton Manning didn't do it and didn't pay the fine. Like he, he asked permission and then he said no. And he was like, okay. And Joe Flacco kind of went, well, I'm going to do it. I don't really care. <laughs> that's, that's one that's always irked me a little bit about Peyton. I'm like you're Peyton Manning, dude, just do it. Nobody's come on. But uh, he, he changed the way quarterbacks, especially looked at the other side, right? The way they read defenses, the way they prepared for games. And it, it's kind of an interesting way to, think about how not only that but he called his own plays right he didn't have anybody in a headset telling him what to do he didn't you know he just he went out he looked at what was going on and he made the decisions he he really does deserve to be in that conversation so let's do one other would you rather and then it's it's for the current team it's a current would you rather and I asked this to you before we started recording, so I'll ask it now and and throw it out there into the ether. Would you rather Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos make a deep playoff run and thus potentially lose Chris Harris Jr., or would you rather you get to give Drew Locke the experience that he needs throughout the course of the season? Obviously, that means... It doesn't go well, but you could keep Chris Harris Jr. All right. So we've I've thought about this for since you asked the question, and then as you were asking it, I started to think about it again because I, I feel like I started to change my answer. Um, let me preface this by saying how much I love Chris Harris Jr. Love him. And how much I want him to finish his career as a Denver Bronco. That's That, I think, would be a, an amazing feat. He's clearly a ring of famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question with, with either one of those. That being said, I would rather the Broncos make a deep run into the playoffs. I don't need to see what Drew Locke can do this year. I'm not not worried about that. 
I'm fine with Drew Locke sitting for the next two years behind Joe Flacco if things work out, especially if the Broncos are able to not just make a deep run, but maybe eke out a Super Bowl win. And so for me, I, I, I think that it's more important that you win than you lose, right? And I, that kind of goes back to the Pat Bolin mantra, right? Be number one at everything. Beat the Raiders, win Super Bowls. I would rather Joe Flacco make a deep run into the playoffs and give the Broncos a chance to win the Super Bowl and maybe lose Chris Harris to free agency than have to wait anymore. I'm done waiting, right? 2015 was a lifetime ago. Let, let's get let's get back to winning Super Bowls. I think the best way to honor Pat Bowen is to make a deep playoff run. And I, I, I think given all the circumstances now for this team, I mean, you have people doubting them, like Adam Rank saying they're going to go 2-14, and 14, which is just absurd. Yeah, fairly ridiculous. But it, it'll serve as motivation because you're going to have people who either agree with that or have something similar to that saying that they're not going to be able to do it. They don't They don't trust this offensive line. They don't trust Joe Flacco. They don't trust a first-time head coach who's in his early 60s. That's ageism. And on top of all of that, you now have an owner who passes away. So I, I would rather that they would make a deep playoff run and, and give themselves a chance because that's what it's all about. And that's what Pat Bowen would have wanted. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.